Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. You know, another day closer to uh, some combine results. Should be interesting to see. And uh, we got some interesting news and interviews and some little bit of tidbits that have come out. And we've got yeah. a lot of people with a lot of questions. So we're going to try to answer as many as we can. Did, did you wake up extra early to watch the live stream of the combine of the punters and kickers walking across the stage with their measurements? Oh, uh, yeah. Know, that was me. I mean, I had, to, me. I had to get up and then uh, <laughs> call and then, uh, you know, record it and uh, make sure I had my multiple backups to the recording of that because I cannot miss a uh, punter yeah. walking across the stage. Robert Blankenship, Georgia kicker. Good body. Just putting that out there. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and get to some of your Twitter questions. Um, Landon, let's start with this one because it, it kind of has to do with the combine. Uh, this is at, from at Cold Boys TM. Uh, how does Grant Delpit sitting out of the combine affect his draft stock? Uh, I want to add a couple more names in there. Uh, it was revealed today that Chase Young, Clavion Chason, uh, Javon Kinlaw, Ashton Davis and Grant Delpit all aren't going to do anything at the Combine. Does that impact your thoughts on any of those players? Or are we just, you know, accustomed to some of the top guys not performing at Annapolis anymore? Uh, I don't know if I'm quite accustomed to all these guys level. I mean, you know, like, Clavion, Chason, and Grant Delpit, I felt like I don't really understand why they're not working out. Um, uh... I, I think it, it – I mean, I guess if you get good pro day workouts out of them, it should be fine. But, I mean, yeah. especially for a guy like uh, – for, for Chase on, it, it's it's surprising because I feel like – He was going to dominate. Yeah. He was going like, to dominate the combine. Exactly. This is a chance to really shoot his stock. So that makes me a little bit nervous as to why he's not doing it. And then for Grant Delpit, like that really – I mean, like what what's – What's the deal there, man? Like you're not like. All right, so it could be it could be a couple different things, right? Um, first of all, we've now had three big LSU people, you know, players not doing anything at the combine when you include Burrow, right? Chase on Delpit and Burrow. Is this just a general thing that LSU is telling their players, like, hey, don't go to the combine. Our LSU pro day is the equivalent to a combine. Everybody's going to be there. It's not a big deal. Is that possibly the thinking behind those guys not participating? I guess, but I, I don't know. I mean, it just it it invites suspicion to me. Like, I, I mean, especially for like Delpit. I don't know. Like, it just feels. That's, like... I was gonna say Delpit's the one. It it, it has more suspicion, right? Because I know Chason's gonna t- test well, and Burrow doesn't have to do anything because he's gonna be the number one pick. I'm wondering if Delpit's trying to hide something. That's that's right? what makes me nervous. I mean, Chason, it's it's weird because it's like. Yeah, what's going on, man? Like, you, you, this is your an opportunity for you to really skyrocket your 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 stock, but you're you're just missing that. You're just for no. I mean, he's not really. It doesn't really sound like he's hurt or anything. It's just he's not doing it. And yeah, for Delpit, it, it, that angle seems more like a what are you hiding angle, and that's mm. again concerning. 
I mean, I don't know for sure. I haven't heard anything. I haven't even checked into it. But is it possible that Delpit's maybe more of like a four-six-two kind of safety rather than like in the four-five-fives? Sure. And maybe that's what he wants to hide. Yeah, I mean, certainly it's possible. I mean, that's obviously the first thing that comes hmm. to my mind is is that you know he's gonna he feels like he's not going to test well. He's been maybe he's been working out and he's been te- doing these things and he's just not hitting the times he wants and uh, I, I don't know. I mean. I guess my question is, I mean, there are some LSU players that are in the combine that are participating, right? So it's not like a uni- yeah, I'm sure there's going to be at least it's not a few. like a universal LSU boycott or not boycott, but just skipping of the of the combine, right? I mean, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't really understand those two players for for different reasons, but I don't really, I, yeah. I, I'd like to get more information there. And then as far as Chase Young, I mean, he's the guy that actually makes sense. I mean, what does yeah, he actually yeah. have? Him and Burrow, yeah. it's fine, but but Kinlaw, it's like, well, Kinlaw is very, it's very transparent. I mean, look, he's he's got a knee thing, and he may he may skip field work, but the 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 real, you know, mark for him, the real sign off or positive or negative uh, mover indicator for him in the combine is not going to be about his field work. It's going to be about his medical. So, right, uh, yeah, I mean, he can't really avoid that. So we'll we'll see how uh, that turns out. Here's my general thoughts on these guys skipping the combine. It doesn't, for the most part, you know, 99% of the times, it doesn't negatively impact their stock. But what it does do is it allows other players to go there and look great, right? So, if it, example, if an AJ Epinesa goes out and has, runs a 4-7 and dominates the workouts and looks like the, the best defensive end on the field, I don't think it's impossible to think that he could jump Clavion Chase on in the draft, right? So you're just you're letting other people have opportunities to potentially jump you, and that's why I, I'm not always a fan of guys that are healthy skipping out of the combine, especially you know after the top ten picks or so. Well, does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I would argue that Clavion Chase on is kind of, I mean, he's almost in a class by himself though, you know, because the thing is, is that. He's not him and Ebenezer are not the same player, right? And, and no, so no, 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 no I know, no. I know what you're saying. Here, here's here's what I, here's my thing is what I'm saying is that I, that's a very solid point. I think the thing that's weird and different here is that Clavion Chasen is like kind of a sep- different type of pass rusher than Epinesa is, right? So I feel like sure. to a certain degree, he maybe he feels like he's in his own lane, you know, and so he can potentially. Uh, uh, be able to kind of skip this and not take the same hit because he's not really. I mean, in some ways he's competing with Epinesa, you know. In, in other ways, they're different players. I, I would argue though that Delpit doing this when McKinney oh, yeah. when McKinney is you know in some cases over him and it's, it's in other cases nipping at his heels. That that's the one that makes you know that's where Absolutely. I feel like yeah. that certainly applies. You know where uh, yeah they yes again those are two different types of safeties as well. But I think that if you need a safety, you could take either one of those guys versus if you need a pass rusher, you may be more particular about needing a chase on versus an Epinesa, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe maybe Delpit feels confident that he's a top 25 pick, but I'm not so convinced, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not – I don't think this could ha- is going to happen, but I don't think it's impossible for Kyle Duggar, to, you know, the kid from Lenore Ryan, to go out and have a monster combine – and boost his stock up, so now he's in the top of the second round, or somebody like that, or Antoine Winfield. It, it, it just seems weird if you're healthy that you're skipping this time to to show the national audience what kind of athlete you are. Uh, just just something to 
to keep in mind. I'm sure that we're going to have several other players uh, drop out over the next couple of days. Um, you know, maybe the new combine format, you know, some of the new drills, the new time slot, maybe agents are advising their players to, to not be the guinea pigs this year of the new combine. Let them see how it works out. Um, but just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, real, real, uh, quick, real quick, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, it, it, maybe things would be a little bit different if Terrell Lewis were healthy and he was going to get into the combine, you know, because that to me seems like sure. a more direct competition to Clavon. But if he doesn't need to worry about it, Maybe that's what it is. It's like, hey, why, why, why risk the stock? Let's wait until LSU, where I feel like I can get great times. Absolutely, that's a that's a great point. Um, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll answer some more Twitter questions. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. All right, Landon, uh, I like this question. Um, if Henry Ruggs is unavailable at pick 17 and you're assuming that Jerry Judy and uh, C.D. Lamer off the board. Is there another offensive weapon at pick 17 that you would consider grabbing uh, and using in Dallas? So I, There's one to me, but go ahead. Well, Real quick, give me the parameters again if, if Ruggs are, and is unavailable. If your top three receivers are off the board. Oh, right? Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny because you and I had a conversation last night. I, I just set you up for this one. I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, you know, look, I, I got to see the medicals got to come back, like, Great. Like, they got to come back. He's fine. He's good. You know, I brought it up in the DMs last night. If if the medicals come back clear and he blows up the, the combine, like, I think he will. And he's still participating, right? I, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yep. I think Hunter Bryant is a guy that maybe at least should be considered there. And, and, and I and my point was is that, look, I mean, he's he's. He's checking all the boxes, right? And suddenly, if he gets the, the medical clear, that's a big if. I mean, he, there's a lot of medical stuff there from what it sounds like. You know, Dave Brugler's yeah, talked lot. about it. Uh, so, you know, he's had a back issues all the way back in high school. Uh, uh, I think a broken back, if I'm not mistaken. A fracture uh, back. Fracture yeah. back. And then, you know, uh, uh, you know, just different other injuries throughout the time. But if, you, if, you, if he can get – if he's past all that and he's healthy, this is a guy who produced at a high level – in in Pac-12 football, uh, and and as you know, when you have production, he's got athleticism. He checked a lot of. Uh, I think he quietly, uh, you know, crossed off a lot of uh, issues that people had with his size just by the check-in. Because you know, despite the fact that he's only he's only six one six two, I can't remember exactly what where he came in at. Um, he did come in and hold on, pulling up right now. He's six two uh, and a, a two eights. Right? 
248, which yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. thought he was going to come in in the 230s, maybe even in the 220s area. But no, he came in like almost 250. Uh, he has big hands, 32-inch arms, 76 uh, and 4 eighths wingspan. He answered a lot of questions about his size. I think he's a guy who can block. I mean, I think he doesn't get enough credit for a blocker because he's not a he's not a finisher, but this dude's a sticky blocker. He can stay on his block. He can shield. And the numbers kind of speak for themselves. I, I think if Hunter Bryant, and, and, and I may be you know, quietly by myself on this, I think Hunter Bryant to me looks like the the kind of future at the position, a mismatch player, mm-hmm. a guy that you can move all over the field. He can do a lot of different things for you. I I think that if if he gets cleared medically and things work out to it's such that maybe that you don't have a lot of other great options at 17, I I don't know why you don't at least consider Hunter Bryant there. I I think just because he can provide something for your offense that Maybe you don't have right now as far as a complete mismatch player of that type uh, and that allows you to kind of really do some interesting things with your tight ends. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Hunter Bryant. Uh, I think he can be Jordan Reed-like in the NFL. Actually, I think he's more of a polished receiver now than what Reed was coming out of Florida. Um, you know, His pro football focus is number one graded tight end. He is the highest receiving grade uh, of any receiver. Uh, super productive last year. I just have a feeling because of the injury history, he's probably going to fall to the middle of you know the second round, probably near pick 51. I mean, I wouldn't hate if they drafted him at 17 because I know he could fit into the Cowboys offense and he can make a lot of plays. I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if he falls a little bit, but that's a good name. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah. I anticipate that he probably won't go that high. I'm just yeah. saying if, if, if he has a good combine here – this is sure. one of those guys that definitely could move up very quickly if everything starts going for him all at once, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll throw two other guys in there really quickly. Um, obviously, I've been pushing Jalen Rager for a while. Uh, he said today at the Combine that he thinks he has a chance to bring to break John Ross's uh, 40-yard dash record, which, I mean, even if he hits in the four twos at all at 206 pounds, that's absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I think his speed would be something the Cowboys could use. And then another guy that we haven't talked about on the show, and I'm not sure if you've actually seen him yet. Um, I'm starting to to come around to the idea of T. Higgins as a number one receiver in the NFL. There's just there's not many guys in this draft that are 6'4", 215, can run a 4'5", and had you know that monster production at uh, Clemson. I mean, he's, he's one of the best jump ball receivers I've seen in a long time. He can win down the field. He averaged almost 20 yards of reception last year. Uh, I'm curious to see how he performs at the combine because, again, if he tests like a 80, 90 percentile athlete, given his age and his size and the production, you know, that's that's maybe a future wide receiver one. Not sure exactly how he would fit into Dallas's offense, but, um, you know, that's just somebody to keep an eye on. Have you seen uh, Higgins yet? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of Higgins. You know, I have concerns about his kind of parsing where his production begins and where you know playing with a yeah yeah, playing with a fantastic quarter you know generational quarterback you know ends. You know, it's I I think a lot of what you described in his game has a lot to do with you know his production has a lot to do with the kind of quarterback who is throwing the football. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know that a jump ball wide receiver is something that like. 
I don't know that's something that's done very much anymore. That's kind of no, no, no I agree. I, I don't know that that's like something that you should be your 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 uh, first tool in your bag. We, you need to be a little bit more of a polished receiver. So I have some questions about T Higgins, but I you know look, he's obviously a phenomenal athlete, and it would be mm-hmm. a freak, and it's kind of Des like in that manner. Yeah, I I really like Pro Football Focus's uh, comp for him, which is Martavis Bryant. Uh, Bryant obviously didn't have a great career in the NFL because of some suspensions, but there's just not that many guys that are again six foot four and they can run as fast as he can. Uh, not necessarily going to blow by everybody, but he because he's such a big target and he has that long speed, he can make plays down the field pretty consistently with that monster catch radius. Um, let's go to some more questions, Landon. Uh, I, we have this one from Chase. Uh, what free agent quarterbacks might the Cowboys target in free agency? That's a tough one because we're not exactly sure the type of scheme the Cowboys are going to be using on defense yet, what type of corners they're looking for. But you would probably agree that they're going to be looking for, you know, maybe guys that are low-end starters, good backups, uh, that are on cheap deals. Like I think Anthony Brown is obviously somebody they, they would consider bringing back. Maybe you take a chance on somebody like Trey Waynes, who kind of flamed out in Minnesota. Maybe Xavier uh, Rhodes, who is getting released by the Vikings. Uh, is there any names that just jump to mind that you'd be interested in in free agency? It's just really tough, you know. Uh, we talk, like you just mentioned. I think without really knowing very much about what's going on in the defensive scheme moving forward, it's it's really kind of tough to look at these cornerbacks. I've had a, I've had a similar mm-hmm. problem with the with the draft prospects as well. Just watching these guys, I mean, I've been, th- I've looked through about four or five of these corners, uh, you know, pretty close, and it's really difficult because this is one of the positions where I felt like I had a very solid handle on what the Cowboys were looking for at the position before, and now, yeah. and now I feel like it's kind of a lot more open. So it's really difficult to kind of parse these guys. But um, you know, if 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 I'm the Cowboys. Uh, there's there's a lot of really good corners in this draft. I I would you know I would maybe like like you just mentioned sign uh, uh, uh like Anthony Brown back or or someone that you are comfortable with get one guy and then mm-hmm. draft a guy too because I mean it, it, it looks like Byron Jones is not coming back and I think really the key is more about not have I don't know that having the top end guy is so important in your defensive backfield as much as making sure your you have a, it's like offensive line to a certain degree where you just have to You're make sure. You're only as good as your weakest spot. Yeah, you need to make sure your yeah. weakest link in the chain yeah. is solid. I agree. I, I do agree with that. Um, I still would like the Cowboys to bring back Byron, but it, seemed like, it seems like that ship has sailed a little bit. Uh, you know, um, real quick, let's talk about this because I think I see sure. people all over the, the map on this. I, I feel like, yes, it'd be great to uh, uh, bring him back. I just, but I don't agree with the idea that it's like some you know massive mistake if they don't. I just think that. Oh, I do. I, I, I see. Do. I just, I think that well, we've other, talked about this before. There's other ways to skin that cat. I just, I feel like that you can you know get by with changing your defense and and, and creating pressure and then having guys who can you know win early in, in the snap and then you know if they can't hold on then they can they'll get a pass completed. But I, I just feel like. For me, uh, you know, there's a lot of we have to change our system. We have to change our system. Our defense is terrible. And then there's also we got to make sure we resign all these guys. And it's like if you, you, you're not really changing anything, if you're not changing anything, and and it's not that Byron Jones was necessarily the problem there, but spending fifteen mm-hmm. million dollars on Byron Jones and then you know without really actually improving the position, 
and, and essentially taking away from other positions by spending that money, I can understand why they would look at that and say, let's try something new here. Yeah, my my thing has always been, I think Byron is pretty multiple on what he can do for you on defense. I think he's actually part of the solution, right? If you if you sign him, you can play corner, you can ma- match him up against a tight end, you can have him play free safety if you need him to. Um, but We were ready I to mean, get it, rid of him as a free safety. Well, no, See, some people were no, ready I to mean, get rid but, of him. I would like to remind that there were lots of people that were talking about how they weren't ready to have him back. Even the Cowboys themselves, before Chris Richard came in, weren't even 100% sure that they wanted him back and uh, you know look I mean he hasn't he's played great these last few years with Richard but uh, let's not act like he was perfect before Richard got here he had issues at times no, I, I don't think even he's perfect but I, yeah I just feel like it's hard to find players like that that are still in the prime of their careers that are that athletic that are that durable um, and that can play multiple positions it's just hard to find those type of players but like we've said over and over the Cowboys really made their decision last offseason, yeah. right? When they decided to re-up Ezekiel Elliott, Ty- or Lyle Collins, and Jalen Smith over Byron Jones, they made their decision then. It didn't really matter how well Byron played this offseason. They, they probably weren't going to sign him because that's just the one player that was going to get squeezed in this equation. So, you know, it, we're at the point now where he's not going to come back. they got to find different ways to, to solve that cornerback situation. And I think bringing back somebody like Anthony Brown, at least you feel confident that you can go into a game with Cheeto, Lewis, and Brown and play fairly well, right? Uh, that doesn't even mention some of the guys at the bottom of the roster, like Donovan Alumba, who I still kind of like a little bit. Uh, I, I don't think Chris Westray is a fit here now. But those top three at least can get you through a season without it being awful. It, it won't force your hand. Uh, in the first round. Any final thoughts on cornerback before we move on? No, I mean, I think that's it, too. It's just, it's okay. not as debilitating as everyone is making it out to be. All right, next one from at powder underscore blues. Um, I'd like to know if Mike McCarthy might use Tony Pollard as he did Randall Cobb early in his career, a running back wide receiver combo. Uh, this is a good question because that's exactly what Randall Cobb was early in his career. He was a kickoff specialist. Uh, when he did play, it was out of, as a running back out of the spread. Um, do you see McCarthy using maybe Pollard more as a slot receiver, trying to find out maybe or trying to find him, you know, a bigger role in this offense? I mean, I think that he McCarthy was one of the first guys that kind of bought into a certain amount of the positionless football situation. I, I think Ty Montgomery is another example of a guy that you know is kind of a wide receiver, kind of a running back. Mm-hmm. Did did a little bit of both. Very similar kind of body styles. I, I you know I think that they'll look at. They'll look at Tony Pollard as a guy that they got to get on the field, and they'll try to find ways sure. to get him on the field. Whether that's playing him as a slot receiver, playing him as a H back, or whatever, I'm sure that they will find interesting ways to get him on the field and, and and try to use him. Because I I think you know one of the things that we'll see is I I, f- I feel like McCarthy's really going to let uh, Kellen Moore's you know creativity just go, you know, just like to sure. let let him kind of do what he wants with these moving pieces. Uh, and hopefully we'll see a little bit more of uh, of interesting looks at uh, at uh, you know uh, uh, two two running backs you know multiple multiple running backs in the back backfield motions motion man jet sweep stuff all those things I think you know Pollard is kind of eligible for a variety of these kind of different uh, 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 gadget play type things. I agree. I, I'm excited to see what Pollard looks like. 
uh, in McCarthy's offense. I, I expect that we'll even see some sets with, you know, Pollard and Zeke in the backfield at the same time. We know McCarthy likes to run some of those two running back sets. And with Zeke being as good of a blocker as he is, uh, you can do some fun things there uh, with that combo. Um, Landon, I really like this next one. It comes from at Feed Zeke. What are your thoughts on trading back in the first round? And what player would have to be there at pick 17 for you not want to not want to trade back? So what guys would have to be there available for the Cowboys to make you say, you know what? I don't need this extra second or extra third round pick. I'm good standing right here. Rugs. Is that the only one? I mean, that's likely to fall to 17. I, I think so. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who else is likely to fall to 17 that make me kind of think maybe maybe Kinlaw, but I don't know. I mean, if Kinlaw's falling to 17, that means there's an issue there, and I don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that I want to do. What about that. Chase on? Uh, it depends on the trade back option. Okay, so let's say somebody offers you a third round pick to go back four spots. Yeah, I, 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 I think I'd still do the trade down. I like Chase really? on, but I, I think yeah, but I, I like Chase on, but I think Chase on is not like a spot where. I, you know, I mean, I could, I could. What's end up, funny about Chase on is we're gonna know before the draft. Yeah, the, the Cowboys. That's the kind of thing. Now, which yeah, is weird. If they resign, if they resign, uh, 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 Quinn. Quinn, then yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you, you don't really think that the chase on is so, so much of a of an option there. And then yeah, trading down to get you know Delpit or McKinney, and then uh, also a third round pick that becomes very appetizing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, I, as I said, the, the only other couple guys that I have, uh, Jerry Judy, obviously I love him. Yeah, Dallas. yeah. But again. I think that's contingent on what the trade offer is. Because if somebody's offered me a second-round pick to move back six spots, I'll do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, mean, I love Jerry Judy, but I'll take that extra second-round pick and get it, grab one of these corners, or I'll grab a safety in the second round. I, there's not. I don't feel like there's going to be a player at 17 that I'm going to be jumping up and down falls to me. You know what I mean? I, it just doesn't feel like that kind of draft. We need we need a lot of young talent, cheap talent. That's mm-hmm. seemingly more important than any individual player at this point, unless that individual player is an absolute game changer. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I would say most situations, uh, I would th- I would think that I would trade back. Yeah, what's funny is I think both you and I like Chase on better than Epinesa, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. But I don't think if somebody were to offer me Epinesa in a third for Chase on, I would rather have Epinesa in the third round pick. Agreed. Right. Yeah, so that's what makes this so interesting, and you could do the same thing with the safeties, right? I don't know that I would do I like it with Ch- Chase with 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 Epinesa, but yeah, I mean, almost anybody that you could get in that trade back, that's sure. you know, say I would probably say that goes over Chase on. All right, so right, right. For example, if you, it was Xavier McKinney in the third round pick or Clavion Chase on, I'd rather have Xavier yeah. McKinney in the third yep. round pick. Yep, and that's what that, that's where. It's going to be interesting to see what happens for the Cowboys. If they can get you know a couple of these quarterbacks to maybe jump up there, maybe some offensive linemen that aren't expected to be there, maybe somebody will fall to Dallas that we're not even thinking about. But it does kind of line up like the Cowboys are going to, to you know maybe have some trade back options. Um, that's it for today's show. We got a lot of questions in. I, will, I have a couple more that we'll save for tomorrow. Um, we're going to do some cornerback preview. We're going to talk about some of these guys that the Cowboys could potentially take at 17. Uh, C.J. Henderson, Kristen Fulton, uh, Cameron Dantzler, 
Uh, th- those are the three names we got, right? I didn't mess those up, right? No, I think that's we got them. Yeah. Have you seen Gladney yet? Jeff Gladney from TCU. Yes, I've been watching him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll talk about him as well. So make sure you guys tune into that show. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I'm at Marcus Mosier. We will see you tomorrow.